This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, you gotta love it. I am so thrilled because we are about to have fun here. We'd like to welcome Kathleen Mansfield Wolfley to the show. She is not only the Rangers' oldest daughter, but she is also my sister-in-law. She and my youngest brother, Dale, have five children, and we want to welcome her into the locker room. Kathleen, how are you, dear? I'm good, Craig. How are you? <laughs> Doing fine. My boy Wesley is sitting in here for Max. Max is right. on his way Hi, to Kathy. Yes, yeah, he's on go. his he's on his way to uh, Music City, Nashville. He's That's got right. the uh, he's got oh, the, ten- right. the Tennessee Virginia <laughs> game tomorrow morning. So we are oh, so that's good. Yeah, we are so excited yeah. to have you in the locker room, Kathleen. And I, I have to say, um, first of all, mucho love from my family, your family, and and back and forth, of course, because uh, we are we are a tight-knit group. But uh, I got to ask you, your, your dad, okay, how did he get the nickname Ranger? Now, this is a 14-year veteran, NFL veteran. How did he get come up with Ranger? Well, he liked to backpack, and he often would backpack up into the Colorado mountains with uh, people like Andy Russell, and there's a whole group of them, but uh, Mm. his favorite place to go was the Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, he took us kids out when we were younger. We backpacked a lot all over uh, Pennsylvania. No kidding. A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how much time did you spend, like, uh, you know, in in and out of tents when you were a kid? A lot. (laughs) He often... (laughs) He often would take us just, you know, day packing, backpacking. And, um, but we, you know, would often uh, go and spend a weekend somewhere. Um, But it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. (laughs) Great memories. Kathy, how much of, you know, uh, what's the right way to ask this question? A lot of times with ex-football players, it, it feels like it goes one of two ways where, Football, their football playing career is a huge part of their identity after the game. And or the other way where it's something that they don't like to talk about very much. You know, people bring it up to them. Oh, you won a Super Bowl. Oh, you played for the Steelers. But they're more interested in the next phase of life. They've kind of moved on. So, you know, what what was it like having a father who was a Super Bowl champion, who played for one of the most iconic franchises, you know, in uh, in all of sports? Was that something that um Again, was was maybe a big part of his identity, or was he just always the family man, the the dad to to you guys? He was the dad, <laughs> but I was well aware because <laughs> I, you know, uh, was I was born in 1964. So by the time the so Super you're Bowl, only 25, right? Nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was well aware, uh, but it wasn't something my dad talked about, but I spent a lot of time uh, going to the practices on Saturdays, and, uh, but it wasn't something that he brought home Hmm. with him. He was uh, a family man at home. Well, what are some of your earliest memories of your dad, Kathleen? I would just say uh, all the adventures that he took us on. Ah. Um, 
you know, we, he would pack us kids in, in the car and we would drive clear across the United States uh, back to his family and my mom's family. They're from Washington State. So we spent a lot of time in the car driving <laughs> and, and he, he was really always a storyteller. So, you know, we didn't have anything else to do. Often you drive down the road and you'd lose a radio station. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the U.S. highways weren't even built back in the <laughs> 60s when we were doing this, you know. And so we had to use our imagination. So um, plus he was a, uh, a teacher. Uh, in the off season, he taught uh, English and history. Um, really, I didn't Peter know Townsend that. High school. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I learned. I learned a lot. I did. You know, like I said, I used my imagination. I quite often we'd be, you know, say somewhere in Montana or Wyoming, and I was just positive that. You know, we were going to see Indians and cowboys. <laughs> and... <laughs> so he always um, definitely had a lot of uh, stories that well, he told. That's that's fantastic. I love it. You know what what was that? What was it like? You know when you when you guys got the news when you got word that that he was going to be inducted into the Steelers uh, Hall of Honor. What was that moment like for you and, and for your family? Well, I mean, such an honor. Um, we were absolutely thrilled for my dad and and uh, everything that he accomplished back in a time when, you know, football was just really, you know, starting to take off with TV and and everything. So it was really just such an honor to um, see that he's being recognized for. Yeah. Uh, all the time, you know, that he spent back in those days working hard for the family. There you go. Well, he was a 14-year yeah. veteran. He was first yep. drafted by the Eagles. He was he was over in Philly. He was a cheesesteak eating guy <laughs> for the first for one year, and then he came to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And what I didn't know, Kathleen, he played defensive tackle for a year before they moved him to center when he came to Pittsburgh. And I, I found that fascinating because I always thought the old Ranger was always a center, you know, but you know, the fact mm-hmm. is he played for 14 years. He played 182 consecutive games. That's, it's mind boggling. How tough yeah, you gotta be. Yeah. He held the record for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, I didn't realize until later years that he played defense too. And he had the same number as you, Craig, number 73. Oh, love that. And, yeah, we're and very copacetic he, here, family-wise. See, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, he he finally found his spot at center. Um, they gave him the number fifty-six. Mm, yes, he was a second-team All-Pro in 1972, and in 1975, mm-hmm. he played a total of 196 games with 111 Ooh. starts. He retired in 1977. And he went into the insurance business, which for a guy that had such a large personality, you know, I, I, I can see him doing that. You know, I mean, that that would I remember talking to him about it. And actually, he was also encouraging me to, hey, you might want to check this out in the offseason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you know, yeah. He, he felt He's yeah. A salesman. Yeah. <laughs> ever ever the salesman. But tremendous guy. What tell me tell me some stories, some fond memories, maybe of of uh, teammates. 
of his that you you particularly like growing up? Oh my goodness! Well, um, I recently told this story to you, uh, and it was a party uh, John Kolb had. Yes. A Fourth of July party every year, or just, I don't even know if it was Fourth of July. It was a party in the summer in July, maybe before training camp. And um, it was just so much fun. They had activities for the kids, everything. And, and then the, the night would end up with a uh, hay wagon ride out uh, to a different part of this property where they would have a huge bonfire. Mm-hmm. And this one memory I have is about the summer of 1974 and we were all on the hay uh, wagon waiting to take off and this tall skinny guy decides he's going to jump off the wagon and beat us all there. <laughs> so uh, we get to the location, bonfires going and my dad and you know a bunch of his friends they're all wondering you know where's this guy that jumped off he was supposed to beat us here and he was nowhere to be found well a little while later i go out to where the hay wagons are which is far away from the bonfire and i climbed up and i was looking for something and i turned around and i heard Hey, little Mansfield. And I'm like, what in the world? Where'd that come from? You know, it scared me. And I climbed down and I went over and there was this guy sitting um, on the ground holding his ankle. And it happened to be the guy that jumped off the wagon. And he looked at me and he said, go get your dad. So I did. And that guy turned out to be Jack Lambert. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how the money had fallen there. Sounds about right. (laughs) He jumped off the wagon and, oh, blew out an ankle. That's not Blew out an ankle. Oh, my goodness. It's always something like that that gets you, isn't it? It's it's not the the hundreds of violent football games. It's jumping off the wagon or something that gets you. Oh, I love that story. Uh, Kathy, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. The last one I have for you, and then I'll I'll let Wolf close us down, is I just got to know, between me and you, What's it like being part of the Wolfley family? I mean, come on. Oh, it, it's so much fun. We have the Hoopy Palooza every summer up in By the Rushford, way, New York. Say hello to Hoopy. She's listening. Okay, so you got it. You got it. You know. Hi, Hoopy. <laughs> and it's a ton of fun. There's just people everywhere. We just sleep wherever we can find a spot. <laughs> Every, I mean, you know, like 20-something grandkids all over the place, which they're, a lot of them are grown and having kids of their own. So, you know, there's a lot of people around, a lot of fun. I love it. A lot of eating, yes. a lot of storytelling. Amen to that, young lady. Now, before we let you go, though, I, I still got a couple things. Number one, what are your memories around Super Bowls 9 and 10, 74 and 75? Oh, just being, you know, my memories are being at the stadium mm-hmm. and uh, just getting to go to, to practices. I remember Art Rooney Sr. Every time I would see him, he would break out singing, I'll take you home again, Kathleen. <laughs> and I always, thought, <laughs> I always thought I was so special, you know, but his, um, <laughs> his wife was named Kathleen, you know. But it's a nice and memory. So I, 
I have great memories of uh, just being at the stadium and Art Rooney Sr. would just, you know, he was always there around mm. us kids and bringing us donuts while we watched cartoons, waiting for our dads. And, um, you know, the my memory really is just uh, being at the stadium. That was my playground. Mm. And I would run around it and, um, you know, get to the highest point and yell down, Dad, Dad, like, <laughs> can you hear me, Dad? And then I'd get in trouble, you know. <laughs> uh, of course, of course. So, now, yeah. let me ask you this, too, because in March – March of 1975, the Steelers and the Vikings both competed in a Superstars competition in Honolulu, Hawaii. I actually yeah. remember because you got guys there. You had everybody from Mel Blunt to Terry Bradshaw. You had L.C. Franco, Ernie Holmes, your dad, of course, Andy Russell, Lynn Swan, Mike Wagner. But the, you lost to the Vikes. Gadzooks, you just beat them in the Super Bowl. In seventy, uh, yeah, in seventy-five, and then and then you come back and you lose, or was it? Say you beat them in seventy-four, and then you lose to them in the in the superstars competition. Were you there? No, but my my mom has a lot of really cool pictures of, you know, all the wives all dressed out in seventy type flares, <laughs> and, and they were all just so cool looking and. Um, really cool pictures. There's one picture of my dad. Um, he has a big palm leaf, and he's holding it between his teeth. <laughs> and I just, I have that. Those are my memories are through pictures. Oh, and that's I know they had a blast, and I really think that it didn't matter in the end that they lost. Yeah, no doubt about it. They had so much fun. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna leave you with this quote by Chuck Knoll, and I love this. Chuck said, "Ray was a special person." He was one of the guys who was a stealer when I arrived in 1969, and he was great in the locker room. He was a guy that everybody rallied around. He always had a certain amount of levity, which I found <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but uh, but he was a tremendous football player, so said Coach Knoll. And to me, that really summarizes everything I know about your dad because he was just a great ball player, but he was hilarious. I loved his storytelling, as I've told you many times. When I watched him at the Dapper Dan with the cigar and the stories he would tell, and I said, I can remember sitting there going, I want to learn to tell stories like that because your dad <laughs> was the consummate storyteller. He always had a story, a lot of fun. Absolutely. And he was, I mean, he was a, a leader on the team. You know, a lot of yes. guys coming in, they were young and, um, you know, so – he was a, he was a warrior. He was a renegade, and back in those days, and um, yeah, he he was solid. He was definitely my dad. Always, you know, wanted to create, you know, moments of significance. Uh, so in in what he said, he said with purpose, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that created moments to remember. And if if I if we leave anything with any any thoughts, is there any final thoughts that you want you people to know about your dad to remember about your dad? Well, he just he loved history, um, and like I said, he loved storytelling. Yes, uh, and that's you know what I remember is is like I said the significance of his words when my dad said something. 
I listened. You know, he was a dad of few words. (laughs) Except for when he was telling the story. (laughs) (laughs) Kathleen, I want to thank you so much for joining us. That is a magnificent overview of your dad, who I was such a fan of. Got to know him a little bit. Not as much as I would have loved to. Um, and not knowing that uh, you, we would be joining families like that, but certainly I got to tell you, um, loved every minute of it. Love you, girl. Love your family. Love Thank you. you so much for joining us, and I look forward to the Hall of Honor ceremony where you will be there in person, and uh, I believe we're going to join you there. So it, it'll yes, be a great you time. Are. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. I can't wait. All Thank right, you. Kathleen. Thank you okay. so much, dear. Appreciate you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. And that's Kathleen Mansfield Wolfley again, my sister-in-law and my brother. And she that was awesome. Five, it, went, it was. You, you know, told me she was all nervous to be on the radio. She, she was sounded a, like she a pro. She was a natural. She was. Uh, Hold she on, was... Kathy, call back. You want to do the last of the <laughs> rest of the hour with us? You got thoughts on Joe Burrow coming back to the Bengals? <laughs> she was. Deontay uh, she Johnson's was route running. Oh. Oh, no, she was great. That was awesome. Well, it's good. It's good work for her because when and she's she's gonna have to speak at the Hall of Honor. There you go. So uh, it's a good stuff. Well, you know, Hall of Honor, Wes and Wolf. Well, I mean, yeah, those they're... are kind of on the same level there, right? No, 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 no not at all. <laughs> no. Um, I, I always love hearing those stories real quick before we go to break. Um, you know, like my my mom's told me a lot of those same stories where, like, we'd just get in the car and go somewhere. Right. And you had an atlas. Like, yes. There wasn't nearly as many highways and everything as there is now. It, it, obviously, there's no GPS. You couldn't even go on MapQuest and print off directions. I mean, you had very little highways. And you'd just get in the car with an atlas, and you'd find your way to get to the Grand Canyon. You know, yeah. <laughs> it might take you two or three days, but you'll get there. I mean, I I love hearing those kind of, like, all right, ready, ready for me to be a dork for a second. Okay, be a dork. When I think back to like the '60s and the '70s in America, yeah, there was such a spirit of we got to get out there and discover America. Because you could, it wasn't like now where there's pictures of everything and there's the internet and there's a million TV channels and you can get on Instagram and look at and look at, 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 at the Grand Canyon and you can get on whatever Google and Google pictures of Yellowstone National Park like you couldn't do that back then no. you had to get in the car with your friends or with your family and disappear for a week or two and go discover America and fi- like to me that is the coolest like that ah oh, that's and everyone's like I was born at the wrong time. Mine's like I'd love to go back to the '60s or the '70s and just get in a van with Route like '66 just, along with, the with south, just, yeah. with just three or four of my best friends and disappear for two or three weeks and go to Colorado and Wyoming and the Dakotas and Arizona and that to me is like the coolest. That, that the the essence of like American exploration is like there was just such this spirit in the '60s and '70s that we got to get out there and discover the thing. And uh, I understand why that's changed, again, because the world is smaller and smaller now than it's ever been before. We're more connected. We're more informed. But <laughs> I, just, a, I love hearing those stories. Man. I love thing. hearing those stories. Tunch Ilkin always used to say this. The Wolfleys, the Wolfleys circled the wagon so much that if they were on the Oregon Trail going west, they'd have never gotten further for than, our, than Akron. <laughs> So there you go. That's 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 the Wolfley clan. Whoa, we we're in Akron. That's as far as we got. <laughs> you can at least make it to Canton, go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, yeah, right? Really. I mean, <laughs> back in the day. I just I it's it's so weird, but like when I hear my my mom and my uncles talk and like how they do the same thing. They'd load up in my grandparents' Volkswagen and they, you know, cuz my grandparents were school teachers as well too, and they'd take 10 days, 14 days, whatever it was over the summer. And they just drive to Arizona. We'll just find a way. We'll get there. Remember, Chevy Chase and family vacation. What do you mean, kids? You don't want to see the biggest ball of twine west of the Mississippi? (laughs) 
Again, because you couldn't get on Instagram and just see the biggest the biggest ball of twine was, oh, no, Dad, I'll just Google it in the back seat on my iPad. You couldn't do it back then. It, it just, again, when I watch those old-timey, like, rock and roll music documentaries, you know what I mean? The Stones and the Grateful Dead and all these bands that would just go on the road for months at a time. I'm like, man, that would be so friggin' awesome. For a while. Yeah. Then, yeah. you know, then well, reality that, when, sets And you're in. at the right age, too. Well, you know what I mean? Right and everything. Yeah. I'm 65. The no, thought of I'm being too, on tour. I'm too old to no. do I'm 32, and, the, and that, I'm maybe pushing it a little bit. But, like, I, I, I just love that I, I just old... realized you're half my age and half my weight. <laughs> and you've got half the amount of hair that I got. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yes. yes. All right. Hey, let's go to break. I'm starting to feel poorly about myself. <laughs> we'll be back with more. You're in the locker room. Wolf, Wes, and Max is on en route somewhere. In spirit. Yeah, there you go. And the ninjas. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Finley in the shotgun for the Bengals trying to get on the board first. Big rush. He's going to be hit. He's going to be sacked. T.J. Watt gets it back outside the 15-yard line at about the 19. You know, you, you can you can never underestimate the importance of what T.J. Watt brings to the defense. I mean, you know, he's he is one of those. I remember Mike Tomlin talking about, you know, does he, you know, the the type of you need another bookend rusher uh, to compliment him. This was before the rise of Alex Highsmith. But I remember Mike saying, you know, he's he's a lion all by himself. You know, he doesn't he doesn't need another complimentary guy to raise his level. But he certainly is a guy when you look at it. I mean, how important is T.J. Watt, the stats, since his last game when he came off, I think it was San Diego or something, he was hurt. He missed a game. It's been 17 games. And in those 17 games in which uh, T.J. has played since he last was out, the Steelers are 12-5. and And in those 17 games, Watt has 15 and a half sacks, 31 quarterback hits, two interceptions, 16 tackles for loss, and three forced fumbles. You sit there and go, that's that's really mind-boggling. It really is. And, Wolf, I forget what the exact number is, so don't quote me on this, right? Um, But somebody I remember in the offseason did the research on this, and – Excluding his rookie season, right? And TJ had a TJ had a good rookie year, right? I think he had like seven seven sacks, something like that. Like he yeah. had, he had a solid start to his career, but then really took off from there. Yeah. So excluding his rookie season, um, the Steelers when TJ Watt is in the lineup and plays the full sixty minutes, win like seven, like almost seventy percent of the time. When he is not in the lineup or he doesn't play the full, you know, left the game injured in the right. in the second quarter or whatever, yes. something like that, they win like twenty percent of the time. Yeah. 22% of the time. I mean, it's a drastic difference, particularly for a defensive player, right? I'm sure you see some splits like that. Like if we went back and looked at, okay, what was the Colts record when Peyton Manning played versus when Peyton Manning was injured? You know, you would expect that from a quarterback. Yes, that's but, that's something. Yeah, yeah. But but not from an edge rusher. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. It really is. That's, that's tangible impact. 
It is. It really is. And then you look at the statistics that surround that. I mean, the sacks go down. The pressures go down. Uh, the you know turnovers go down. The points that uh, are given up by the defense go up. The yardage by the opposition goes up. I mean, it's all. And you know what is another real one, too, is the opponent's average field position. Or sorry, the Steelers' average field position is worse on offense, average starting field position on offense when TJ doesn't play because he's not getting those sacks that make them right. forced to punt six or seven yards. He's not getting that turnover that he creates that sets the offense up in opposition territory. That was the craziest one for me is there's a noticeable drop-off between the Steelers' offense's starting field position when TJ doesn't play yes. because he's knocking, he's not knocking that opposing offense back. He's not making their punter punt from further back. He's not giving you a short field opportunity on a turnover. It's... It's insane impact. Again, for for a defensive guy, particularly, you know, an, an edge rusher, it's it's amazing. And that's that's why he's been defensive player of the year recently. Exactly so. And in the, the 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 moments that the, the big moments that he has seem to come at the biggest moments when you need. Him and Minka both in that regard. I think that's what you love about both of those guys. Um you you remember the moments where they have made those plays. You know, we were talking about the, the Bengals opener last year. You remember what Minka was able to do in that game with the pick six, with the blocked extra point, right, to, to force that game to go to overtime. You remember moments. Uh, I think of the Seattle overtime game a couple years ago where, you know, at home, where T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward just refused to let the Steelers win that game, and they go out and they create the turnover that sets up the offense to go and win it. Um that's when you're really cooking with fire on defense, yeah. right? Is 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 just not not when you're playing solid defense, but when you're helping your offense. When you are again, you're having that real tangible impact on your team's ability to score points, to win games. Um, it's it's impressive. It is, and and he is. I tell you what, it feels like like you 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 started with what with what Coach Tomlin has said about you know how he. Uh, not not that this is the exact quote, but, you know, TJ doesn't even need a Robin, right? right. He's a lone hunter. But, man, yep. he's he's got a couple Robins on that defense. He does. And, and certainly. And, and Alex Highsmith, what they've got now in Golden and Herbig behind those guys, you combine Cam and Minka and Patrick Peterson and, you know, a young guy like Joey Porter Jr. and what he could bring. I mean, they, they really have a plethora of talented guys at, at every level on that defense. And when you're that good as a defense – that makes life easier on T.J. Watt. You can't just focus on T.J. Watt. Okay, because here comes Alex Highsmith. Okay, because here comes Cam Hayward. Okay, because here comes Landon Roberts or, or right. somebody, you know. Um, I think health is always the outlier that you just don't know until you, you get through the season. But they stay relatively healthy on that defense. They get 16, 17 games out of T.J. and Cam and Minka. Uh, man, they are going to be a special unit. You know, that's the exciting thing about it is with the upgrades all over the place, because singularly, you're not going to replace TJ. It's a, it's a communal group effort, no doubt about it. You know, it, it takes a village to raise a child, they say. Yeah, That's right. It's, it's going to take a Believe me, I'm village. learning. I'm learning, yeah. Wolf. Boy, you, yeah, exactly <laughs> so. You know, but the fact of the matter is, look, you've got some superlative action on the outside guys. Now, this Nick Herbig comes out of nowhere. Now, Marcus Golden, too, the junkyard dog. This guy's got double-digit sacks uh, years to multiple, his credit. Multiple yeah. times in his career. Absolutely. You know, yeah. And you look at this and you think, okay, they're really making sure or trying their best to be able to make sure that should anything unfortunate happen, I'm going to knock on wood, and that's my head. Knocking on his noggin. There you go. All right. Uh, the fact of the matter is you do everything you can to sanitize what could be, you know, what would be a, a – 
a horrible situation again, and and hopefully he stays healthy. But you've got some serious backup and people that you know can get after it. And number one is the best defense is always your offense. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, it absolutely is. Get a time of possession going, and you make sure that you're capable you of keep doing those things guys doing. fresh, right? Yeah. And that's why too we know. I mean, this they want this Steelers offense to start with running the football. Um, we know Kenny. GP Deontay, who we talked about earlier, right? I mean, Fryermuth, Allen. I mean, they've they've got Connor Hayward and and Mount Washington. Like they've they've got skill players all over the place now on that offense. But make no mistake about it, they want to begin and end with running the football. That revamped offensive line, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, when and you, that keeps your defense fresh if you're able to do that. When you watch the uh, the the replay of that Falcons game, yep. Mount Washington, Washington, Washington tortured somebody. I'm telling you what, when when I believe it was on Anthony McFarland's 31 yard scamper okay. or whatever it was, uh, he cut it back. Mount Washington went like collapsed on this guy. He he drove this guy to the ground. Matter of fact, might have drove him all the way to China. <laughs> Drilled him. Yeah, yeah, just drilled him, Drilled him through the earth's core, I'm not kidding you, man. That was a palpitating, heart-wrenching, good old-fashioned family goring. You saw that in stadium. You saw him in practice throughout training camp hold his own against guys like T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. And I think that's part of the reason why they they felt confident with letting Zach Gentry go, right? Is because, hey— Washington, we think there's some more offensive upside to his game than, right, than, right. than Gentry had, but he's ready to be that physical presence for us right now. And, you know, the rookie contract, you save, save a little bit of money on the cap and those type of things. Um, but you're right. They have, all over the offense, they have a plethora. I keep using that term, plethora. Not only do they have a plethora, of they got sets, a lot. Uh, <laughs> of skill sets. Uh, the tight end room is all very skilled and all brings it in their different way. Wide receiver room, same thing. Running backs with Najee and Jalen Warren. That's where they, they want to begin running the football, punishing people, keeping their defense fresh, right? Uh, taking shots off of that, obviously, to Deontay and to, and to Pickens and to Fryermuth and those guys. Um, but you do that, you run the ball successfully, you control games with your line of scrimmage. I mean, that's going to make life all the easier on the Steelers' defense as well, too, as they're staying rested, as they're getting out there in favorable situations. And when the defense is doing that, then all of a sudden that helps the offense, right? It's all copacetic. It's all intertwined because the defense is creating turnovers. The defense is forcing more three and outs that are getting the offense the ball back, you know, at the opponent's 35 or 40-yard line and instead of at their own 20 or 25. It, it all works in tandem. It, it really does. And, man, it feels like they've got that, that balance this year. Moats and I were talking about this. The, the top-end talent isn't – the same as the same cachet as Roethlisberger and Brown and Bell and right. Ryan Shazier, right? Like the, the top end talent might be not quite the same, but man, I, it's hard to remember a time recently that the Steelers have been this deep. Probably back when you know when they won Super Bowl forty and Super Bowl forty three, and then went to Super Bowl forty five. Right, um, was probably the the last time that they were just this deep, seemingly at, at almost every position. There's no question about it, and I would think two things that really stood out. That Falcons game, number one, more under center. We get I love when they got Kenny under center. Second thing was I love those slip screens. Mm-hmm. You know, I know are, you do, baby. You know, I, hey, Chuck always used to say, "Be an actor, be an actor." 
You know, you got to make convince that defensive guy that it's a pass. You got to let him beat you, Wolfie. Just your, do what you normally that's do. Your ch- that's your chance to be a thespian right there, Thespian. Wolf. I was a thespian. Go win, an, go win an Oscar, baby. You know it. You know it. All right, we got one caller here. We got to get him in the locker room because his name is CR, and he's from Chicago. CR, how you doing, buddy? Hey, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Can you hear me okay? We can hear you okay. Come on. Oh, man, I'm so excited about about talking to you guys. And I, I see you got the youngster out there. What's going on? Yeah, wow, well, wow, West. <laughs> Max is on his way to what? He's doing a game. Uh, yeah, he's doing the Tennessee and yeah. Virginia are playing in Nashville at the Titans Stadium. Yeah. So He's probably knee-deep in barbecue I was going to say, I'm sure he won't enjoy himself this yeah. evening. <laughs> Nashville, nobody has fun hey. there, right, CR? Hey, you got that right. Hey, I'm I'm happy about that new ninja you got behind the screen back there. This is a my man is, is working his way up, man. He it's is exciting. I I know you're proud, aren't you, Wolfman? Yes, indeed. That's uh, my second oldest boy, CJ. He's doing a great job. We got job. a full show operation here now, CR. How about that? <laughs> I, I, I heard that. Watch out. You, you know you know how them ninjas are. They 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 get in the background. Next thing you know, they got their own show. <laughs> you never know. You never know. That's for sure. Hey man, I, you so much. I was gonna talk about something else, but I gotta, I gotta go with it. So you talking about stories, all right? Okay. I just heard the, the family member uh, talking about the, the stories yes. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just want to tell a story about the Wolfman there. Uh, uh, West. I love it. Uh, uh, yeah, it was, we got training camp, and, and I met a, a brother that named Fritz. I had met him last year, and we were sitting up there in the, in the hotel lobby. To, just talking, or catching up on Steeler Nation, all this kind of stuff. And in walks um, the Wolfman, his wife, and his son, you know. <laughs> so uh, he happened to come over to the table where we were at. We were sitting at the long table, uh, high, high, high back chairs and whatnot. So, we, you know, hey, what's going on, Wolf? How you doing? You know, uh, and he was with his family. So we, we just kind of, like, got back in our conversation. I look over my right shoulder, and I see about four or five people standing up there. And all of a sudden, it's a line up there of about maybe 10, 12, 15 people. What Wolf is doing at the other end of the table is having a meet and greet, a photo, photo op, <laughs> and signing and hugging everything. And I'm telling you, brother, just hanging out with the Wolf man in that environment, <laughs> the man is awesome, man. Yeah. He's just so genuine. The people are, some people are getting tears in their eyes because, you know, he, he's a regular person. And it was very, very emotional for uh for everybody around. Now, I had never met the lady Faye before, so I was very excited to meet <laughs> her. So we got a hug and everything. We started talking. And then uh, I had a I had a video. I said, hey, let me share this with you. So about five or six years ago, we did a show, and uh, it was Wolf and, and the great late uh, Touch Ilkin, and the name of the show was The Five Love Languages. Mm. And so um, I was sharing that with, with, with the lady, and she had never seen that before. And because of the love in her heart uh, that she misses uh, Touch, she, she teared up a little bit, but we yeah. went through that video, and so to make a long story short, it was a wonderful experience, and Wolf, I'm just so proud to be able to, be, to communicate with you and to know you from a different life. Well, I love <laughs> you, brother. Appreciate you. You humble me with your words, and uh, thank you again. No, Appreciate C- it, man. CR, you're absolutely right. I, I'm not just saying this because I'm sitting next to Wolf and I'm trying to brown nose, right? Um, 
I've told the story. I've told the story before. When I was a kid on Sundays, and my parents would be taking too long for church to let out, I'd grab their car keys. I'd run out to the car and I'd listen to Billy and Wolf and and Tunch and Myron on the Steelers broadcast as I was waiting for my parents to to drive me home. Um, and people are tickled to death, whether they're my age, you know, people that are that are in their 30s and even a little bit younger, or whether they're my parents' age, you know, in their in their 60s. Mm-hmm. People always mm-hmm. want to know what's what's Wolf like, what's Tunch like, what's it like working with those guys. We love those guys, and you know you see them in the community doing doing light of life and all the different things that they do. Um, mm-hmm. Whoever told you not to meet your heroes? Never met Wolf, never met Tunch, never met Max, uh, because those guys are just as genuine in real life as they are on air. And uh, I've been very fortunate to to grow up listening to and admiring these guys and uh, getting to have a, a personal relationship with them. It it means the world to me too because that's not always the case. Some guys play the nice guy on the radio, right? And then you meet them in real life and they're jerks. Or some guys yeah. like like Mark Madden play the mean guy on the radio and then you meet him in life and they're a big teddy bear, right? So it, it, it can work both ways in that regard. But what you what you hear, what you see from Wolf uh, and Max and our our our, our dear brother brother tunch uh man that was that's exactly who they were on the surface and uh if everybody's heroes were like these guys you would always want to meet them well okay hey, let's hey. add enough of this wolf's, wolf's getting emotional yeah you know i mean okay. appreciate you we got to go to break cr thank you so much for your kind words it was good to see you up at training right, camp man all right as always in the meantime yeah. and in between time here we go Steelers. here we go very good brother <laughs> And Wesley, I thank you for your kind and no, humbling words yet again. And uh, you know what? Let's go to break here because I'm I'm flabbergasted. So uh, enough of this. Okay, in the locker room, Wolf Starks, Ninjas, the West Euler Collective Edition. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) And he does not miss a trick because that would be the great Wesley Euler ringing the bell because it is the bell lap and we do this in honor of our man Maximilian who is in Nashville, right? Nashville. Yeah. I mean, nobody was, ever has fun in Nashville, right? I mean, they're not known for a well, good time. Good you know, food. You know good the bar story scene. of me in Nashville, Knoxville, right? I don't think so. Okay. Tell me. Here's the story. In 81, was it? Or 82? I can't remember which. Early 80s. Yeah. We played, they moved a preseason game that we had uh, from Pittsburgh against New England. We moved to Nashville. Okay. Okay. And this so, was before the Titans were there. Yeah. Right. This before, yeah. yeah. Yep. This is all, you know, back in the day, 80, 81, 82. When it's so, just truly yeah. still an old, tiny country honky tonk town. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We were in Knox, Knoxville. Knoxville. Okay. That's at the, right. at the At the Vols the Stadium. World's, the World's Fair. There, that's what it was. That's why we were there. Gotcha. And, yeah. So we we're playing in Knoxville. You played at, t- at the Tennessee at the Vols yeah. Stadium. Yep. So I, we went out in the first. Uh, it's one of my first starts. I, so this must have been '81, um, and and my first three plays were trap, 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 pass. Okay. I mean, it was like boom, 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 yep. kapow. Yep. You know, three. So 
after the third one, I'm I'm a little bit car wrecked, right? So I'm coming off the field. I'm kind of like John Wayne, north by northwest. You know, I'm trying to go to the sidelines, but I, I got this little like I'm kind of yeah, I'm I'm moving at an angle that's not exactly where I want to go. You know what I mean? It's one of those. So as I'm approaching the sidelines, the doc meets me out there, and the doc goes, "Are you okay?" I said, "Yeah, I'm fine." Because you know back then. Sure. If you're buzzed, you're, you're fine. fine. Yeah, yep. you're just always <laughs> yeah. fine. That's the way it was. If, you goes, could, if you're breathing and you're walking, exactly. and you're, you're fine. You're yeah. fine. Yeah. He goes, do you know where you're at? I said, of course I know where I'm at. He goes, where are you at? I go, well, I'm in Nashville. He goes, Nashville, Knoxville, same state. Yeah, close enough. Close you're good. enough. You're all good. <laughs> just some tiny honky-tonk, son. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, so, I've got family, uh, my mom's sister, aunt and uncle, two cousins as well, too. Uh, they've lived in Nashville since the '90s, so I've I've been there many times. I've been to Knoxville as well too. It's uh, Main Street, Nashville is pretty cool. Broadway, as they call it. Is it Broadway? And, and yes, it is. I mean, there's you want good food, you want good music, you oh. want you want some some fun honky tonk bars. Um, it's it is that's why I think the boom and just growth of that city in the last 10, 15 years or so. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's one of those southern cities that. You know, they don't get the beat down weather that we get five or six months a year. So the the streets and the buildings and everything are, are nice and it's nice weather most of the time and all yeah. that, you know. Tunch and I would go barbecue hopping down there. Great Because they got barbecue food. everywhere. Am- amazing food. And you know what's great about Nashville too is you get like you get the Memphis influence, you get the Kansas City influence, you know, Texas isn't too far away. It's a nice yeah. kind of melting pot of barbecue city there, you know. Mm-hmm. Succulent. That's Succulent. the word. That's you know what, the word. Hey, you know what picking. you could get in Nashville? What's that? A plethora of barbecue. A plethora. Yes. Not only that, a lot. <laughs> That's good. That would have to be one of one of our new one of our new bits here on the show. <laughs> Where can you well, get a plethora? And you know what? Well, we've only got like three minutes here until yes. we got a break. You know that it's convenient for that Max Starks to be ducking the show today when his Florida Gators went and lost last night out in How Salt Lake that? City. I mean, twenty-four to three until the very end. They scored a touchdown and got the two-point conversion to make it twenty-four to eleven. A little bit more of a respectable final score, but uh, not not great for the Max's Utes. Gators. The, the Utes. Utes, my cousin Vinny. The two Utes. The what? The, the Utes, Your Honor. Yeah, exactly. So they go out there and they got. Is that the um? Is that the Smurf Field? No, that's uh, that's Boise. That's oh, Boise, Boise State. Always, yep. okay. Yeah, Utah is just uh like right outside of Salt Lake City. Um, they won the Pac-12 last year which is like the pack four now or whatever, whatever's yeah, left really. in that conference. Right. Uh, but they went to, it was just one of those, you know, the college football teams, they do the, the home and the home and home series, right. like at a conference. Um, so Florida hosted Utah last year and uh, the Gators won that one. And then they had to go back to Utah this year for the return leg and in the Utes. So both the, both the home teams winning in that, in that series between <laughs> those two. But yeah, when you, uh, when you went to your, your hobnobbing event with, with old Jerry Dulac yesterday out here in the lobby and Max and I did the last segment, Max was giving me a breakdown of, I think it's going to, Florida's got a good chance. Cause we got this on offense and we got that going and this and that it didn't you know. work out. Hey, it's only week one, but uh, but I'm sure he was I'm sure he was a little frustrated last night and getting on that plane this morning. I should have asked Max if the boy stopped off at Skinwalker Ranch. You know, I mean that's that's a great that's a that's a great know. conspiracy Is theory okay. thing. Yeah. Skinwalker Ranch is, has all these paranormal anomalies that 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 seem to happen over there, and they have this interesting. Well, in the History Channel, they have my two favorite shows. They're, 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 one is uh, uh, you know about Oak Island. 
the yep. Treasure of yep. Oak Island. Treasure of Oak Island, of course. Of o- uh, the Curse of Oak of Island. Of course. And then the other one is uh, the Curse of Skinwalker Ranch or whatever the... the is that in Utah or is that in... I, I believe it's Utah, in, in Utah. yeah. Utah, okay. That yeah, sounds I, right. I think yeah. I got it right. I think you got it right. I think you're, I think you're on to something there. Yeah, you know what I mean. It just it gives me something to look forward to. You got... Because you don't know what's going on, man. You gotta have you gotta have shows. You gotta have something to to watch well, and get I into. I wish right? they would finally come upon some treasure. You know, I mean, but that's they, how they keep the hook in you. Well, I know, but I mean, for crying out loud, I mean, you get they they got readings of gold and everything else going on, and you got pirate treasure you're thinking of, and all this other stuff up in Nova Scotia. You know right? what? You know what? You know what they're like those shows. It's like the claw machines that they have at restaurants. <laughs> And it's like every time you put the claw down, it's like, oh, it's so close. Oh, another dollar. I'm going to get it this time. Oh, it's so close. Oh, another dollar. I'm going to get it this time. And you never get it. They just keep the hook in you. No, all you do is you end up with a little bag of peanuts or something like that. Where did that come from? I didn't want that. I wanted wanted the doll. I wanted the the panda. Come on, to take home to my kids. Well, I'll say this. I hope Max had a safe trip. Yes. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank Kathleen Mansfield-Wolfley for joining us today. It was a great privilege to be able to talk to her about her dad and the Hall of Honor recipient that Ray Mansfield is and will be when they honor him this year. Thank you for joining the locker room. Appreciate everybody. Love you all. Have a great weekend. Nice Labor Day. Remember, don't wear you can't wear a black belt after no white. Can't belt. wear white after Labor Day. I got that all screwed up. So wear your white, your white pants, yeah. your white belts, all that stuff this weekend. Because you're running out of time That's to do it. That's it. Tuesday, right. you can't wear it again for months. There you go. We'll be back. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.